Hey guys, just before this episode starts, I just wanted to announce, you've probably seen on the page, that a friend of mine in podcasting, John Bealey, has passed away. He was well-known in Highlander fandom, uh, he ran the Fandalorians podcast and also the Swamp Things podcast, and we're all just trying to get the word out, because uh, not many people know online. So, thanks John. You're awesome, man. I've never had a more enthusiastic, lively guest on a podcast, and it was an absolute pleasure talking to you these few months that I've known you. Rest in peace. Hello and welcome to Sons of the Dragon, the Immortal Iron Fist Podcast. My name is Connor McKenna. And I'm Rebecca Hart. And that's not Rebecca Hart, that's Carl. Very amusing Carl. Um, Rebecca's at the movies. Yeah, uh, please don't do that. (laughs) Ever again. Um, So, yes. Now, I sound a bit different. I probably sound worse and my fan's going off. That's because my microphone is broken. And I'm going to be honest, guys, I just don't have the money. For this i can't afford another microphone i can barely afford to keep this running monthly so i might be starting a patreon soon just so i can get some you know relief from uh paying this monthly because it's expensive i don't earn much money in fact i earn very very little money so running this is very difficult sometimes uh in fact there's been a few times where I haven't been able to afford the monthly thing, I've had to go, sorry guys, uh, wait another couple of weeks until I get paid, and until then, only like three episodes are going to be available. That has actually happened in the past. So I'm probably going to start up Patreon, so hopefully um, it'd be awesome if people could donate and I could get like a microphone, you know, just like my cheap uh, $20 one, which is probably why it broke so quick. (laughs) And, you know, yeah, and we'll have like, rewards and stuff, we're not going to go crazy, we might only have like two or three levels, uh, and then it's not going to be like huge donations or anything like a lot of Patreons out there, it's just going to be stuff to help me pay the monthly costs, essentially, so, which is like, yeah, just too much for me, and it's, it's, I don't even pay that much a month, but it is still too much for me, so, uh, yeah, that's going to happen because I don't want to be stuck with no microphone either. So, yeah. But, moving on from that little announcement, uh, we are back to, well, not really back to, because we did this last time, we're covering Power Man and Iron Fist again. We are on issue 69, no jokes. Thank you. Um, (laughs) So, this is a standalone issue, so we'll just be covering this one issue in the episode. This is the second last issue in the first Cowman and Iron Fist Epic Collection. Here is for Hire. Um, so, yeah, we're nearly on to Epic Collection 2. And Epic Collection 3 came out recently, Cowman and Iron Fist Doombringer. And from the amount of issues counted in that, there's going to be a fourth Epic Collection, a fourth and final one. So, <laughs> yeah, that'll happen soon. Uh, well, as in, we won't get to it soon, but, like, the 
next epic collection will come out soon. Hopefully, maybe like end of this year. I'm guessing. Uh, and what, what's what's the issue? They need to source because it's not in the collection because ROMs in it. Right. I don't know which issue that is, but <laughs> when we get up to it, we'll deal with that and tell everyone. Uh, it does actually include. I believe it's an epic collection volume two, and it does include a synopsis for the issue. So it tells you everything that happened in them, but they just can't print the actual issue for rights issues. So there's that plus really side. honestly makes no sense to me. I mean, if they published it the first time, I mean, I know they don't own the rights, but it's not like new material. It's a reprint. But on the plus side, we get a synopsis. And like, think about it. How many collections actually bother to do that? You know? True. Like, they could have easily just put nothing there and have missing issues. I mean, they've done so, that for... So I know you don't have it in front of you, but I wonder, do they actually mention him by name or, like, just call him a Space Knight? No, no, it mentioned... I'm pretty sure... Yeah, it mentioned Rom by name. It pretty much said we can't print it because Rom's in it. But here's what happens mm-hmm. in the issues. Uh, I would have to I go guess, up and... It is issue 73. So soon. Yep. And it looks like it somehow crosses with Space Knight issue, ROM Space Knight issue 23. Yeah. So we might have to do a double for that. Right. Ooh, can't wait. Um, Shut it. <laughs> Alright, so. So much hate. Let's go to. I'll just get the issue information up. Uh, yeah, I'm using my laptop microphone at the moment for me- reasons that were mentioned before. So, Batman and Iron Fist, Volume 1, 69, published May 1981. Uh, the cover artist is Alan Weiss. The writers are Jerry Duffy and Stephen Grant. Penciler is Alan Weiss. Inker is Ricardo Villamonte. Colorist is Ben Sean. Letterer is Jim Novak. And editor is Dennis O'Neill. And Mighty Marvel bonus behind the scenes of Heroes for Hire, writer is Mary Jo Duffy, penciler is Kerry Gamble, and inker is Ricardo Villamonte. Yes, we will be doing that little fun bit. Um, so, uh, yeah. Bang. Uh, oh, yeah, and before I forget, you can, times three. you can get this in the Power Man and Iron Fist Central Collection and the first Epic Collection and also the issue. So, uh, yeah, Victim times three is what we get... Uh, at the start of the first page, but the cover is um, crazy. Yeah, it's Iron Fist and Power Man looking at this dude with dog tag, and he's like, one more step and we'll go on sky high, and he's got like a bomb thing, and they're beating up a bunch of goons at the same time. Uh, I'm not huge on this cover. It just seems, it's very messy. Yeah. And it's, but there's no bleed or anything. It's just, like, cluttered. Honestly, I'd like to see the pencils. Because I think the inker may have gone a little overboard, honestly. Yeah, you might be right, actually. And the fact that, again, there actually is no real background besides what looks like a three-foot section of a hallway or something behind... The guy yeah. in the red shirt is another odd thing. Yeah. I get the feeling yes, this run didn't get heaps of potential from the editorial. It's, <laughs> it's very muddled. Well, to, to jump way ahead, 
there's an odd. We'll 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 hit to it at the end of uh, when we get to the end of the issue. But there's a very odd letter in the letter page. Yeah. That's the very first one. But let's jump into this issue of victims times three. Actually, I will say quickly, I have I read the letter page for this. I'm going to start reading them from now on because I don't know why I haven't been. I just haven't. But, like, if these questions I have, like, were they serious, <laughs> you know, are probably going to are possibly going to be answered in the letters page if people are writing in about, hey, what's the deal with Montegro, the mountain climber dude? Um, <laughs> it was, like, the poster boy for terrible villains. So, yeah. And, in fact, I might go back and read the letters page for all the original Iron Fist run and the Pound and Iron Fist army we've done so far, just to see if I've missed anything. So, yeah. But, um, moving on. So, yes, let's get into this story, Victim Time Story. We start off with, uh, Luke, you know, he's just trashing, uh, this, this issue's actually pretty simple. Um, so Luke's trashing this, like, uh, Grand Theft Auto scam. So... These guys, they steal cars, change the number plates immediately, and then the vehicles are stripped and sold as spare parts. Yep. Uh, they change the serial numbers, I should say, yeah. And there's like a little racket there, the Luke Cage is in there busting everything up. We don't know why yet, but we get a pretty amusing sequence of people seeming to not know that he... Like, they call him Power Man, but they don't know that he has unbreakable skin. So there's people trying to shoot him, and there's this guy trying to fight him. Um, all just ends badly. <laughs> he just, you know, powers through them, really. Uh, well, while he busts in, he's he's uh, he's like, you ain't got nothing to be scared about. I'm here for your boss, Shiro. Yeah. And of course, nobody wants him to get to the boss or tell him to the bot where the boss is. So that. Includes him, of course, being shot at again. Yeah. Ripping a guy out of a car. A big, tall guy looking like Lurch with a little mustache. Thinking he can take him on because he's got muscles. And, of course, as soon as he punches him, he realizes, oof. And Luke lays him straight out. Yeah. And then he's asking him again where his boss is. And the the big guy's actually going to tell him when he hears a gunshot go off. He runs up to the guy's office to find out he's too late. There's blood all over the table. The guy's slumped forward. Killer must have gone out the window. And then we jump to Iron Fist, patiently waiting in an office. And, of course, another flashback. Yeah, we get... Even Luke gives, like, a little mini origin. And then while Danny's sitting in the office being told he's got to wait to see this guy, he kind of does a little mini origin, but not, like, dragged out more in the... They're not the word bubbles. What would you actually call that? Uh, there's there is totally names for them. I just don't know what people can't remember. Com- commentary boxes. <laughs> yeah, they're they're just boxes of text that are, you know, it's like um, the this series does it a lot. I don't. It's not every issue, but it does it. I would say, would you say more than fifty percent of the time? Oh yeah. This Power Man and Iron Fist run has had the characters kind of recount their origins. Okay. Um, and it's like, you know, so Luke Cage did it last issue as well, 
And I understand because it seems like they're trying to make, uh, unless it's like part of a multi-part arc, they're trying to make like each issue someone can pick it up. Mm-hmm. But that's what you use the top box for. You know, where it has Luke Cage, Child of the Streets, down your end. You just put a bit more information in there, and then you don't have to waste space in the story recapping their origins all the time. Like, that's what the top is for, to tell you the premise of who these guys are. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, you know. I mean, I know we're, like, uh, 40 years too late with that information. Soon to be 50, actually. But, uh, yeah. In fact, let's message Joe Duffy right now and tell her. Oh, we are friends with her on Facebook. We could yeah. do that. Well, she didn't respond to my request for anything. But whatever. <laughs> um, I had questions about Montenegro and El Aguila. Many questions. <laughs> Don't you mock the eagle. Eyepatch Man. Yes, Eyepatch Man is in the Heroes for Hire... Um, office asking to be hired because he is going to die very shortly. Oh, this is a flashback, by the way. Yes. Yeah. He is going to pay them $25,000 to save his life. So in today's money, that would probably be like $100,000. It's a lot. Yeah. And Luke's basically laughing at him, saying, what are we going to do, stop the building from falling on you or cure cancer? I mean, he could... Probably do the former. <laughs> yeah. Depending on the building, I guess. So we have a flashback of a really bad Nick Fury in the Howling Commandos rip-off picture. Uh, and we find out this guy was once a, in a little band of mercenary soldiers. There were nine of us. And we, were, we made war for profit for whoever hired us all over the globe. Finally, the profits became rich enough we were tired and split up. However, their boss... Eshart decided he's going to eliminate every single person who can identify him. But somehow, this guy who worked with him for years doesn't actually know what he looks like, if that makes any sense. Yeah, this is like... A bad Meg Ryan movie? No, he he can, he does know what he looks like because he can identify him, which is why he's a target. Yeah, but then he's got three pictures... Oh yeah, three three remaining people, and he can't point out who he is, so he can identify him. Well, he just doesn't have a picture of him. Like I know, like I know, we're looking at the twist and stuff, but um, uh, the first person Iron Fist is holding with his left thumb on him is the guy. Yeah, but he <laughs> thinks he's someone else. I mean, I'm going to assume that Eshart or whatever has taken. Has like disguised plastic, himself as plastic surgery. Look, this is flimsy as hell. All right, like <laughs> this is this is so flimsy. It's not even a full issue. <laughs> yeah, they had to put filler pages in the back, which again <laughs> explains like their origins. So why do they explain their origins in the issue and then have these filler pages in the back, which just tell you them anyway? Um. Well, okay, yeah, it's flimsy, but I'm just assuming that this Shiro guy was killed by Eckhart, and Eckhart has disguised himself as Shiro for some unknown reason. (laughs) A 
assumed his identity through plastic surgery and whatnot. Yeah. None of, that is, none of that is mentioned in the actual issue. <laughs> I mean, you have to make sense of it somehow. <clears throat> so, now that we've already given away the entire plot, um, so there's three guys left. One of them could be Eshart, but they're all going to die. Well, we don't... Um... Or he's killing them all slowly. So there's only him and three others left out of a group of nine. Yeah. So finally Iron Fist gets called. So he says there's a... Sorry. I need to go deeper into this issue. So he says before, there's a killer for hire named Colonel Eshart. Maybe Colonel Eshart is just his nickname. He doesn't know. Yeah. So he doesn't know who it is. Because he says you'll have to neutralize those three to protect him. Eshart is one of them. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I finally understand. Because I reread that page. I get it now. But, like, it's just so weird. Anyway, continue. (laughs) So Iron Fist is jolted from his flashback, and he didn't even get hit on the head this time. By the secretary saying, Mr. Davis will see you now. Thank you. And, all right. We're How evil does this real, guy look? Oh, this guy looking like Boss Hog from the Dukes of Hazard, wearing a brown suit <laughs> instead of white. And uh, it's about to get real racist. Oh, Gook? <laughs> yep. Yeah, he says Gook. That's not me saying it, that's him, so you can't get mad at me. Um, Multiple times. Yeah, he doesn't like them. Well, I mean... Yeah, he was he was a mercenary, so he's probably got brags about killing them. Yeah, so he comes strolling out with his hand extended, going Iron Fist, huh? I can't tell you how pleased I am to see you. He he, you've earned yourself quite a reputation on the streets. If you want to work cuts, if you want to work out some kind of business arrangement, that'll be fine, just fine. He he. <laughs> Yeah, he's not shady at all. And then he tries to kick him. Tries to kick Iron Fist in the chest, but oh. Iron Fist realizes that he's just playing games. Check oh, yeah. He's not actually going to kick him in the chest. He just tries to freak him out. You know those, Thanks. like, those dicks will come up and, like, punch in front of your face to see if you flinch, and if you flinch, like, oh, um, he's doing and that. And then they punch you for flinching. Yeah. <laughs> He says, sorry, couldn't resist. I learned a few moves when I was in the army. I wanted to test your nerve. See if you're as good as they say. Then Iron Fist slaps his hands on his hips going, you were never in the army, any real army. Did you learn those moves while you were in Angola? Angola. I don't know what you're talking about as he all of a sudden pulls a gun from a holster. (laughs) You'll never prove a thing. You won't live long enough to. And he fires at Iron Fist, who, of course, dodges the bullet. Yeah. Returns with his own sidekick right to Boss Hog's gut, sending him flying. And he goes, you're even better than I heard, but that's not going to help you. Guards, get in here. And, of course, three guards show up. Yep, Kung Fu fight. And a guy who looks similar to the guy that gave me up at the start, but no mustache. Um, Stock goons... Uh, Danny handles them, you know, wrist lock, punch to the face of the other guy, and, you know, it's a karate chop. Uh, it's like, possible fighting scene. Um, 
in our... So, Mr. Davis runs into his office and locks the door. Of course, the door is made out of solid steel. I don't know who was selling all these solid steel doors in the 70s, but they must have made a fortune. Iron Fist summons his Iron Fist to punch through the steel door to find the sliding glass door open. Mr. Davis gone, but nicely splatted on the pavement below. Heart of the Dragon, no, I was too late. Just like this morning. Do, 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 do. Back to the flashback of the Eye Patch Man. Yeah, so this is pretty funny. Um, so they they essentially reject his offer. Well, Luke rejects it because they're mercenaries and he doesn't care. Um, which is kind of like not very heroic. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. So def- defending a murderer is basically what it comes down to. Because yeah. they were mercenaries. They would just roll in and kill people. They're murderers. Yeah, they were mercenaries, though. Like, mercenaries were, like, they were scum. But, uh, you know, if you had, like, a ultra... If you had, like, a hero who was, you know, somewhat altruistic, then they would protect them. Like, if you had Daredevil or, uh, you know, Spider-Man, you know, they would protect him. Um, I, was, I wasn't going to use Captain America, because he's, like, too obvious, but... Yeah. Uh, but anyway, he gets in the elevator because he says, I've already put the money in your account. Uh, you know, don't send it back until you've thought about it. So he goes in the elevator and the elevator isn't descending. It's falling. Um, so the elevator falls, which no, now this no, raises the, questions. Here's the real delusion is that Danny thinks he can outrun a falling elevator. <laughs> He's got to try, damn it. Maybe we can beat it to the lobby. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, No, no, you can't. <laughs> if you were Nightcrawler, yeah, if you, you could, could teleport. beat it to the lobby. If you were Silver Surfer, maybe you could beat it to the lobby. But your ass running downstairs ain't going to beat an elevator falling. Yeah. And of course, oh, Turner... <laughs> ain't, ain't a pretty sight, is it? As you see, like, his hand from the wreckage at the bottom floor. So, Captain Eckhart would have had to have known he would come here to ask for help. And, but, was he, like, hiding in there to... Because, like, I'm sure someone else used the elevator that day, right? Oh, sure. So, you know... <laughs> He, he, this guy's obviously a mastermind if he predicted he would go to Power Man and Iron Fist to protect himself. Um, or he was just tailing the guy to whack him and he's like, oh, I'll just cut the line in the elevator. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, geez, he has to be stealthy to walk in, climb up the elevator. But, you know, um, all doable. You know, it's not, actually, it's not that far-fetched, but I still did chuckle a bit. Um, as he, like, because he got the right... Uh, Unless there's only two elevators. We need a building layout, damn it. Blueprints. Anyway, um, yeah, back to chuckling. So now it's back to present day. It's late at night, and Danny decides to jump Luke. Because <laughs> he doesn't recognize, you know, the six foot seven guy in the screaming yellow shirt because it's a little dark out. Yeah. A mysterious figure stalking around outside Mr. Powell's apartment. I wonder did, who this mystery could be. And he's like, Colonel Eckhart. And he's like, what the? 
Luke was a standout so much. He cannot tell me that Danny, who has borderline supernatural senses, would not know. Oh, oops. Damn it. Uh, would not know that. I, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. It was you this time. Yeah. Would not know that this behemoth Luke Cage is the one on the. The yellow room. billboard. Yeah. I don't care how dark it is. Danny has sent so much weird stuff. He's fought Sabretooth blind, and he can't, like, you know? Um, but anyway. Like he couldn't pick up a whiff of Luke Cage's high karate after shave. <laughs> um, so he goes like, what the... And then Luke Cage just picks him up, and he's like, hey, take it easy, man. So that, that whole exchange is kind of pointless. Yes. Like, why does that happen? But anyway, um, so they the- burst... Bust into Powell. This is the last guy who's become a novelist, writing about his gory stories, making them fictional. Uh, bust into Mr. Powell's, saying, "We're want to you want to autograph a couple books for us?" And of course, the guy has an arsenal on his wall above his desk, and he immediately starts shooting at them. Luke blocks the bullets while Danny dodges a couple. Now, this yeah. is something interesting that happens. It says he's destroying the gun, jacking up him against the desk. He reaches for something. And he says, you broke my gun. You're just jealous. All of you are jealous because I have more more guns, bigger guns than you do. Luke, look out. And he smashes a canister on Luke's face. And he goes, ha ha, tear gas, the great equalizer. And this actually does put Luke out of commission. Another thing is, is this guy crazy? Because like, he's like, you're jealous because I have more guns than you. But I thought he was supposed to be a novelist. He is. He must have a hell of an editor because this guy would write like a raving lunatic. Um. <laughs> and, and here comes the super racist stuff we brought up earlier. As now he's charging Iron Fist, he goes, you wear the mark of a dragon. That's a gook mark. Lots of gooks in the villages we burned wore dragons. They're all dead now, all the women and children. So this guy is super evil. Um, and you'll never take me back to stand trial for it. Never! So he grabs a mace. A morning uh, star mace. A morning star mace, which is, like, pretty specific, but, okay, I'll roll with it. Um, he has lots of weapons. Sure, he has antiques. Uh, so he tries to attack him with it. It doesn't do any good. You know, he was once a professional killer, and now madness is upon him. But, like, why is madness upon him now? Well, it might be because, again... Not the other two have gotten killed? Not the other two, the other seven. Oh, yeah, true. So he's probably been waiting for some form of attack. Yeah. And to be honest with you, with what does happen... Well, we'll get into that. Uh, so Luke actually, uh, Luke actually still can't see, but Danny kicks Powell into him, and he says, I can hear you talking. So he grabs him... And then Danny says, Luke, speaking of hearing, don't you hear something? Again, Danny's super senses. I can't tell who Luke Cage is in (laughs) the dark, but I can hear that that clock ticking is not a clock. It's a bomb. And then out on the street, we see, ba-da-doom. The front of the building blows up, and there's a single figure watching it from across the street. And as he's standing there, we see a piece of Iron Fist's mask floating in the wind. Oh, no. That that takes care of Power Man and Iron Fist as well as the last living man who could identify me. 
So or now me to my military career. I no longer have anything to fear. And now he's just going to start killing people because yeah. his military career would have mattered at all because he wasn't even really in the military. So tonight the career of Colonel Eshart begins in earnest as I strike at my first target. And now we have some sexually inappropriate stuff at the New York District Attorney's Office of Blake Tower. That takes care of today's disposition. So, Blake's uh, bopping the secretary. Yeah, she's, uh... Sorry, I spoiled it. <laughs> so, yeah, he's, uh... There's uh, some secretaries saying, is there anything else I could do for you? He's like, no, no, no. Business before pleasure. Have a good night. And then as she leaves, but that would be a considerable pleasure indeed. <laughs> as we see Mr. Eschert's Sneaking in the window behind him to put a gun to his temple. Don't move, Mr. Tower. Don't act so surprised. You must have known your name headed my death list. Again, we know nothing about this. So We don't know why he has a list. We don't know if he's doing it for money or if he just has a list. Yeah, he doesn't not... seem to explain. I scrolled down to double-check if he actually said why he was doing it, but he didn't. Um... But Mr. Tower does know who the famous Colonel Eshart is. Some unexplained enmity between them, I suppose. Danny comes crashing through the window with a sidekick hanging, swinging from a rope, going known to his friends as the late Mr. Shiro. No, it can't be. Take cover, Mr. Tower. I'll take care of Eshart. My pleasure. But how did you? Who told you? Talking like William Shatner. Hey, Shatner's great. Oh, I know. It wasn't hard. Yes, yours was the only body that wasn't dismembered. Luke assumed you were dead without checking closely, and then we learned that you never reached the morgue. Your cleverness will only get you dead. As he pulls the gun up to shoot Iron Fist, who quickly smacks it out of his hand with a crescent kick. You're good, sweetheart. Your moves are nice, but so are mine. As he kicks Danny's legs out from under him, but Danny does a flip, landing back on his feet, saying, I deserve that. I'm used to these Westerners being helpless without weapons. I forgot that a few of them mastered unarmed combat techniques. Yeah. Master <laughs> obviously unprepared for the duel of equals today. Before Ironfish can regain his balance, the mercenary has taken flight. So long, laddie. See you at the next Samurai Film Festival. What, like... Okay, moving on. Um. <laughs> Ironfish alive? I don't understand it. He should have died in the explosion with the rest of them. But it doesn't matter. I'll come back for him, finish him off soon, before he can bring proof of who I am to the authorities. He gets the premiere spot on my death list. As the elevator opens, bad news, Eshard. This elevator ain't going down, but you are. Bang. Punches him basically across the entire room. But, but, you were all trapped. I saw the fragment of Iron Fist's mast. Trapped? You gotta be kidding. A paranoid like Powell always leaving himself a back way out. Any place, he's expecting trouble. As for the mask, well, Iron Fish used your little toy 
Iron, Iron Fist wanted to get your little toy far away as, as fast as possible, so he used it as a sling. He's now wearing a spare mask. Well, Luke, he's not out now. Well, Cage, he's not out here to help you now. There's a bomb strapped to my chest and I just activated it. A bomb? You don't. <laughs> I ain't gonna stand for that. As he smashes the remote, rips the bomb off his chest, back chucks it to Danny, who then kicks it out the window to another bavoon. Yeah, I love, like, he kicks it. He doesn't throw it. Um, but, yeah. That's some Shaolin soccer going on there. Yeah. And we actually get this line. You haven't defeated me, you know. I shall return. You haven't heard the last of Colonel Eshart. You damn meddling kids. I mean... Bro. They, uh... Anyway. Um, and then they discuss the money. Yeah, and Luke decides that they're going to, like, donate it to a fund or start a fund or something for... You know. Victims of war. Yeah. Like villages and stuff. Um, Wherever there's a war, there'll be a fund for the victims. Whatever we got from Turner, we really owe to them. Yeah. Next, would you believe, Coconut Show. Da, 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 da. The next issue's fun. Um, but, okay, let's... So again, we don't know why there was a death list. Who was on the death list? Was he being paid for people on the death list? This has more questions. <laughs> this being said, I still enjoyed this more than the last issue. And possibly the issue before that. Possibly. Actually, no, the issue before that was good, but the last issue I did not really like. And I don't like melodrama when it's kind of stupid already, but this was just kind of like, uh, whatever. You know, just a kind of standalone, goofy bad episode of the A-Team. Um, but, uh... I can't, because I haven't really read ahead. I can't remember if we do see him again or not. I think we do. Oh, really? Um, let me look it up. Well, I can't remember the issue, but I know there's the one where they actually wind up, like, going into prison. That Like, it's a guy in a jail cell on the cover, slumped over. I think this dude might reappear in that, but I'm not 100% positive. All right, I'm... Trying to find him, and he doesn't. God, I don't know if he does. Uh, but let, let's, I guess we'll find out. Um, so, you know, Team now we have. Oh, Team up. This guy's better than Monte, um, whatever. Like, and yeah, we have a Marty Marvel bonus behind the scenes with Heroes for Hire, Power Man, and Iron Fist. So we get. You know, when they do those fun things where it shows you all the characters and their location and stuff. Um, so, you know, we get the Heroes for Hire building. The, the waiting area, which looks quite nice. We get... Um, then we get C8 Prison, where it all started for Luke Cage, where he was in prison, which looks like Alcatraz. Oh, aka Little Alcatraz. There you go. <laughs> and then we get Kung Moon Mountain, Home of the Immortals. Uh... Really nice page, actually. Uh, I think. Don't they? Don't they mess up his age in that description? Mm, no, he was nine. Was nine? I yeah. I think he was eight. No, no, he wasn't eight. He was nine. But you're you're missing a point here. It's 
this is back in what, 81? Yeah. It's Cunlan Mountain, home of the immortals. That's a whole different comic. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they're still immortals, though. Only if you eat the apple. Yeah, everyone ate the apple, though. <laughs> Except for Danny. Um, you know, gotta eat that sweet apple. Um, but uh, I, I think it's a really nice page of Quinlan. Quinlan, yep. really nice artwork. And it's just like, man, you know, this, like, Iron Fist comics should be set in and around or have something to do with Quinlan more often, and they need to take advantage of that setting. Well, there, there would have been one if it got okayed with that article that uh, Omar published this week on our Facebook page. Uh, what on his that? Facebook page. Uh, basically, it um, said that they were going to stop uh, Power Man and Iron Fist. Uh, Iron Fist was going to kind of go into a solo title. I'm not sure if it was going to be called. I think it was going to be called Heroes for Hire again or something like that. And it was basically going to jump back and forth between Luke Cage and, Pop and Iron Fist stories. And Iron Fist stories were going to be from Kung Lun. Mm, that would have been cool. And then they were going to wrap it up and come back to New York City, where they would have found that Jaren had hired a whole new group of superheroes. And uh, they were going to have to be integrated into that team. They got but again, it's, it's, on, it's on the Facebook page. No, no, it wasn't even during the cancellation. It just got poo-pooed. Oh, that sucks. God, that got poo-pooed. But look at the crap we're reading now. Like, <laughs> I guess it depends what, at what point in the run was this proposed. Like, was this during this part, or...? A um, couple issues higher up. I think it was in the 70, like it, around issue 78 or something. Cause like, I think, and I, I'm pretty sure it was Kurt Busick or something who was doing it. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Kumlin's such a cool setting, and, you know, Conan and stuff was big. Uh, well, I don't know if Conan was big in the 80s, but he was big in the 70s. Um, no, Conan was still going strong in the 80s, yeah, which... but it was more uh, the black and white Savage Sword and stuff like that was really huge because it was more adult. If you know oh, it was mean. better. Like, it, it craps all over the normal Conan title, which is inferior in every way to Savage Sword. Um, and, and I did not know this until just recently, but Red Sonia apparently was a comic book creation. Um, I can't remember. She's not in the actual novels, the original novels. No, she's not in the Conan novels. Yeah, no, she was created by Roy Thomas and Barry Windsor Smith. Uh, but she's partially based on Robert E. Howard's characters, Red Sonia of Rogatino and Dark Agnes de Chastillion. So there was another Red Sonia. But yeah, um... You know, come on aside, let's just stick in New York with crappy villains like the Mountaineer and stuff, because, yeah. <laughs> uh, I want an art for song going. Come on, such a cool setting. It's just, even the design for it is so evocative and awesome. But, you know, anyway, um, it's just because I'm looking at this and it's like looking at a different comic. <laughs> like, it's weird that it's in this comic because it's too 
nice looking. Um, but anyway, right. so oh, yeah, but that, this page is definitely not drawn by the same person who did the issue. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, it's Kerry Gamble who is the regular so, artist for this run, but he wasn't there this time. Some love went into that picture. Yeah, definitely. It looks it's the best looking picture in this whole issue, really. Um, but uh, you know, here's the pathway and everything. It's much more detailed than the Seagate one as well. Um, but let's move on to Gem Theater, which is playing High Noon, which is an awesome western. Yes. And uh, you should watch it. Gem Theater on 42nd Street has mm-hmm. only two distinguishing features. First, it never shows anything but westerns. And the second is that Luke Cage Power Man lives there, right above the projection booth. Like, it may not be quiet, but it's home. Yeah. And, and then, then we, we go to stately Wayne Manor, the Ren Townhouse. Cage's partner, Iron Fist, a.k.a. Danny Rand, has somewhat more luxurious digs. He lives in a remodeled brownstone on Riverside Drive that's so nice it's been made a landmark. Dun, dun, dun. And it's basically a big fancy door with some windows around it. Yeah, you don't really get a full shot of the townhouse. You just get, like, the entrance. <laughs> and uh, we, we get the side characters, the supporting yep. characters. What would life be like without friends? Not much, right? Here are just a few of the good ones. Toby, we got David Griffith, also known as W. We got Jaron Hogarth, obviously. We got the classic Bob Diamond, who hasn't been seen in a while. And then we got Lieutenant Raphael Scuff and the District Distant Attorney, uh, William Howe. God, we haven't seen him for ages, right? Like, yep. was the last time he popped up was in Iron Fist, wasn't it? With that uh, Tiger Gang arc? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he's popped up in Power Man and Iron Fist, I'll check. But I remember that arc quite well. Um, and then let's not forget the ladies in their lives. We have, of course, first and foremost... Colleen Wing and Misty Knight of Nightwing Restorations, the Daughters of the Dragon. Colleen is Iron Fist's oldest friend, and her partner is, well, Misty and Iron Fist are a lot more than just friends. Dun-dun-dun. Oh. Heroes for Hire would probably grind to a halt in about two hours if it wasn't for the never-ending efforts of Executive Secretary Jenny Royce to keep everything sane and business-like. She may not always succeed, but she gives it her best shot. Came back as an awful character in 2017. Uh, <laughs> Luke Cage will never forget his first and dearest love, Reva Connors. No relation. <laughs> Who died while he was in prison. But that doesn't mean he has any complaints about his current flame, fashion model Harmony Young. Keep up the good work, Harmony. Yeah, but uh, apparently Bill Howe appeared in Power Man and Iron Fist 67, which I wasn't on that episode. So, And then he appears next in 72, and then he's gone forever. Uh, Maybe but, he yeah. dies. Maybe. Now actually. we have the letter page. And yeah. What caught my eye was the very first letter here, titled Dear People for Hire. At last, Power Man and Iron Fist is once again being distributed throughout Britain. It is going monthly, I hear. 
So that's an interesting aspect that apparently there was some delay or issues weren't getting over there. Yeah. I wonder if Rebecca will know. Well, and you we see, there's, there's still humor that's got to be the original Charlie's Angels on page 13 of issue 65. I don't think I covered that one. I think that you and uh, Rebecca did that one. I'll look now. Let's see. Issue 65. Oh, God, what was issue 65? I bet it was awful, whatever it was. Um, <laughs> uh, it was. Ella Gaylor is back. Actually, no, that one was pretty funny because it had like all the the James Bond villain base that uh, Hergarth had. Uh, that was the base. Eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Um, I don't know. I can't spot them. Yeah, keep going. Anyways, a decent issue. Nothing groundbreaking. Just the guys being the guys. We've got some good leisure suits in the next issue coming up, so there's that to look forward to. I remember enjoying the next issue. It also dealt deals with like a plot thread from Iron Fist, which is just kind of uh, disappeared. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know. Like I didn't. I I enjoyed reading this. Like it it wasn't a huge chore, but it was a pretty pretty weak story like if this story had more time to break like it feels like it was very rushed I'm not sh- I don't know what do you think oh yeah I definitely think it was rushed I mean there's so much stuff that should have been explained that wasn't yeah yeah and that there was kill list and why he needed to kill his partners and all that happy poo. Yeah, and despite, like, there was just wasted space as well, like, with telling the origin again, and then having the pages at the back to tell you their origins. It was, you know, um, like, yeah, there's some really good issues in this run, but this has just been a couple of dubs recently, but, you know, um, quite hit and miss I'm just, just so curious as like the process going behind his run. Because when it's good, it's pretty good. Um, and when it's bad, it's not awful, it's just forgettable. You know? Yeah. And it's like they have so much to work with, and they just... You know, you have Sabretooth and Stricter, you have Iron Fist Mythology, you have Old Blue Cage Villains, which they just did, to be fair. But then, it's as we were saying last episode, like, do they just draw villains out of a hat? that are really terrible, you know? <laughs> like, um... But either way, next issue does some oh, stuff. Oh, man, peace pot, Pete. <laughs> oh, I forgot about him. What? Didn't he become somebody else? Wasn't uh, he the... Oh, God, who's the, per- the Prowler? Yeah. Or no? No, something. he wasn't the Prowler. Uh, Trap stuff. He turned into somebody else. That's all I remember. A much yeah. better villain. <laughs> not not huge leap, but a better leap. I mean, if it was a different name than Pacepot Pete, 
but uh... <laughs> anyway, so next up, unless a new Iron Fist comic comes out, which is unlikely, we will have Power Man and Iron Fist issue 70, and yep, Phil, we do remember your request for Heroes for Hire, the run, we'll just finish this run first, hopefully it won't take too long since we'll be doing arcs in like one episode now instead of three or four. So, uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this. Uh, so, issue 70 next time, and I might have that Patreon set up by next episode as well. Um, as I said, just to help me run this, really, um, because it's just, I can't afford, like, a new microphone and keeping this running, so. But, uh, yeah, until next time, may, um, uh, your masks be used as a sling. Yeah, there's not much you can use in this issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what Carl said. See ya. Take care. Iron Fist and all other characters in these comics are properties of Marvel and Disney. Any musical images we use belong to their respective copyright holders. We do this for fun, so please don't sue us. You can contact us at sonsofthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. Just send us mail, comments, thoughts, anything you want, really. It doesn't even have to be related to Iron Fist. If you don't want it read on the air, though, make sure you mention that. You can also find us on Facebook, the Immortal Iron Fist Podcast, Sons of the Dragon. Our Twitter, at Iron Fist Podcast. Our SoundCloud, soundcloud.com forward slash Sons of the Dragon, uh, hyphens where the spaces are. Our YouTube, Connor Carl. Just search Iron Fist Podcast and you'll find us real quick. We are also on iTunes. If you find us there, give us a review and rate us. If it's less than five stars, please say why so we can improve the show. And we're on Podcast Garden in the literature section. And last but not least, head over to our WordPress, Sons of the Dragon, the Immortal Iron Fist Podcast.wordpress.com. That's where I put all the show notes. I'd like to thank Thomas Tissot for composing the Iron Fist theme song we use at the start of our Iron Fist episodes on the podcast. I'd also like to thank Peter John Sikorsky for composing the Power Man and Iron Fist theme we use at the start of our Power Man and Iron Fist episodes. And finally, thanks to you guys for listening.